You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, John Nan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now so what is good everybody i hope everybody's been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far oh boy oh boy so this past weekend we actually had arguably we had the best weekend in all combat sports for the whole year we had so many exciting fights happening um, and, and different uh, combat sports, actually. So we had a huge boxing fight happening. And we had a very, very interesting UFC pay-per-view card happening all on the same night. So um, I really hope that everybody was able to juggle the two fight cards while they were happening simultaneously that you were actually able to pull two screens at the same time you know pull like a uh, diy like sports bar (laughs) showing for yourself if you were watching from home or if you were from if you were watching from a sports bar then even better for you because you didn't have to (laughs) go through all the trouble you were probably just sipping on your drink and you were enjoying both the boxing fight and the ufc fights at the same time But, you know, um, if you are someone like me who prefers to enjoy fights, watching fights from the comfort of their own home, then it was a little bit difficult. I'm not going to lie, especially because, okay, so this is going to be a little bit off topic, but actually not really. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about this because I think it's something that we need to talk about more and is actually overlooked a lot. So, um, okay, so for all of us, um, how should I put this? So all of us living in the Eastern time zone, right? So it's great. Like, I feel like most major sports events are trying to be targeted temporally in a way that people living in the Eastern time zone can actually watch it at proper times you know uh when we do have a fight card happening it's usually later at night and it's usually over the weekend so it's usually on saturday nights for example and they start around 10 p.m which is not that bad and it's you know you've done everything that you've had to during that day that's the time that you actually get to you know just chill and relax and actually pull out the fights and watch them um, you know, as something that you get to do, some, like something fun that you get to do on a Saturday night, you know, enjoy it with family and friends, whatever it is, right? So, okay, that's great. But um, think about it this way, especially if a fight card starts uh, at 10 p.m. Okay, it's not like we only have like one or two fights happening on a card. Sometimes we have like five or six fights happening on the main card of a, of a fight card. A fight card that actually starts from 10 p.m., right? And every fight, it's um, 15 minutes, you know, more or less. If it's a regular fight, if it's a championship fight, it is going to be 25 minutes. 
Not counting all the advertisement that happens in between, all the commentary and the promo videos and all the, you know, the fillers that happen in between. So that takes you till about, honestly, 1.30 a.m. the next day for you to finish an entire fight card. That's usually how it is and how it's been for all these years and nobody's really said anything because i guess like people don't have work the next day so it's completely fine for most people but uh so two things number one uh and they're not actually related but i think it's just important to point them out so number one the same night that these fights happened it was actually um uh, Uh, what is it okay so daylight saving was going to be ending and stand we're going to be going back to standard timing so starting at two in the morning we were going to be having uh our clocks set back by one hour so 2 a.m hits and it's just showing 1 a.m right Um, And it was actually on the same night that these two fights, uh, these two, uh, the boxing fight and the MMA fights were happening. And they already lasted so long up until, I'm telling you, until 1.30 in the morning. And it was already like it was uh, standard time, um, like the, what is it, the fallback. I think that's the expression, right? The clocks were going back by one hour when it's the fall you go back, you know, anyways, (laughs) you fall back. That's the expression. That's the thing that you have to remember, like spring forward, fall back, you know, how, how you have to set your times and whatnot. Why am I bringing this up? Well, okay. So you may or may not know that your girl right here is doing her grad studies and the impacts of, you know, if you dysregulate your circadian rhythms, how does that actually impact your health? You know? So um, there's major arguments about, you know, the whole daylight savings uh, situation and if we should stick to a permanent <laughs> lighting schedule as opposed to going back and forth, um, uh, especially because our bodies have to get used to the changes in time or, or rather in the social time we have to, that we have to get adjusted to with the different changes in time. Whenever we set our clocks back by one hour or set it forward by one hour. Uh, in this case, um, I'm just going to talk about it. So, yeah, okay. It's it's okay because I guess by accident, the fights just happened to have it to, to happen on um, uh, like daylight saving. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, when the daylight saving was going to end, that just happened. Like the fights were happened to be on that night. Okay. But what I want to say is when you have a fighter fighting that late at night, obviously your body is not used to seeing this much stress this late at night. Especially, I'm going to bring up some facts, some scientific facts uh, that, first of all, your immune system is hyperactive that late at night. Number two, um your heart rate you know it's supposed to go down you know as we have adapted throughout centuries you know as human beings we're just used to uh, to having our stress hormones and our heart rates and heart contractility and whatnot being higher during the day and as we 
uh, as the as the daylight kind of d- decreases and it's starting to uh, starting to uh, get more dim out, more darker out, you're supposed to have those parameters decrease. So have your stress hormones decrease, have your heart rate it all it, it just decreases, you know. Now as a fighter, you're going to be increasing it by all that activity, something that your body isn't used to doing that is not good for the body at all okay especially i'm saying it because uh, you guys already know the farther down the fight nights we get the more important the fights become with the main event being the obviously the last fight of the evening being like most likely being a championship fight and that that was exactly the case for the fights that we had for UFC 268. And of course the boxing fight that happened. It also happened around the same time. Very very late at night. And if you think about it critically. These fighters. They are probably not training that late at night. They're not training at 1 in the morning. To adapt their bodies to being active at this time of night. Okay, and you're probably thinking to yourself, Janon, what if they just like took a nap or something, you know, before the event? They're probably going to be refreshed by the time that they actually have to go into the ring, go into the cage and fight. And I tell you, okay, yeah, maybe like alertness wise, your argument might be correct. But if I'm to hone in to into all the molecular stuff that is happening in their body and what, what are some of the downstream outcomes that this, um, you know, the fact that they're fighting so late at night, the amount of stress that they're putting on their bodies, bodies this late at night, the effects that is happen, having on the body many days to come after they disrupt their, uh, their rhythms this way, you'd be surprised. I'd be happy to discuss this further. Um, but the thing is, I'm just so passionate about this topic that I feel like if I keep going down this rabbit hole, I'll probably have to produce two extra episodes, two full extra episodes on this whole thing. It is very interesting to me, but I feel like more attention needs to be paid to it because like I said, uh, these fighters are not used to having their bodies stressed this much this late at night. It's just not good for their body, right, like acutely when they're doing it on fight night, like right in that moment. But also, you'd be surprised. I'm telling you, you'd be surprised at the impact that that disruption and their rhythm and their like sleep cycle and in their activity cycle um, is going to have for many days to come. It's going to impact your physiology and that's just not good, especially because these athletes depend on their health so much. They want to be 100% all the time and this is actually not helping it at all. So I just I just feel like it's something that needs to be um, thought about more, okay, because how is it that one person like uh, the the fighters that get to go early on in the night to have their fights early on in the night they probably have it less uh harsh on their bodies because they're fighting uh when their bodies are you know they're not going to be that shocked by the amount of stress that's going to be put on them um you know with the heart rate is 
uh, down when it's kind of like darker or I guess later at night as opposed to someone who's fighting at one in the morning. Obviously, there's a huge difference. You know, someone fighting in the morning, really early in the morning versus someone fighting at like 8 p.m. There's a huge difference. And I wonder if it's actually going to impact these people's um, fighting ability and their stamina and their level of exhaustion throughout the fight. And whether or not, I feel like I'm going down this rabbit hole a lot, and whether or not it is going to be impacting or decreasing their performance by just just impacting all those parameters you know just if if you were to have the same fight early on in the day versus having it that that late at night so i feel like it's something that if if we have any like sports physiologists sports medicine experts listening to this episode if this is of any interest to you i feel like please you should you should really look into it further because believe it or not circadian rhythms impact almost all aspects of our lives and this is no exception and if you do feel like this is something that you want to work on later uh feel free to hit me up i'd be happy to help you with that collaboration this is a very interesting topic to me and i think more research actually needs to be done on it so that we understand what's actually going on and we just want to help the athletes put on the like their absolute best and uh, put on put on their 100 percent performance every time that they go into the cage when they want to put when they really want to put a show a show for us a good show for us we want that to happen we don't want them to also suffer like health wise in the long term because they're putting so much stress on their body by disrupting their circadian rhythm so Anyways, uh, I hope that you enjoyed that spiel. But uh, yeah, speaking of these fights, they were very, very interesting. So we had UFC 268 happening, Usman versus Covington, which was the second fight that these two guys had. So Kamar Usman was going to be defending his welterweight title against the title challenger Colby Covington, who really, really believed that he had this in his back pocket. He thought that <laughs> he thought that uh, the first fight uh, things just went wrong, like the referee was against him. And in my opinion, I just feel like he was really trying to come up with some excuses. Now he was out here trying to prove all of us wrong. But what I saw and what all of us saw was that he he it, like everything that we saw in this fight, it was just a repeat of everything that happened in the first fight. It was a close fight, but, um, and okay, I have to give props to Kobe because he, at least he didn't get finished and he was pretty perseverant. He was going strong and he didn't give up against, uh, the beast being Kamar Usman because we all know Usman and how well-rounded of a fighter he is. I don't really know what Kamar Usman does for his strength and conditioning, but whatever he does, I really feel like he needs to share uh, the protocols with us because it just seems like he is intirable. And 
he will never get gassed. Even when he goes to his corner after every round, at the end of every round, you don't even see him panting that much, which is just unbelievable to me. So I really do wonder what's going on here. Whatever it is, though, shout out to him because uh, that is arguably one of the best strength and conditioning that I've seen with any fighter at the UFC uh, right now. So I think it's very important to have that, especially if you have a fighting style uh, like Kamar Usman, which is to just just put 100% pressure on your opponent at all times. Don't let him any room to breathe. Don't let him like leave any room for flaws or any opportunities that your opponent can take advantage of and can um, like counteract everything that you're doing. And I feel like you need to be that strong and that powerful to be constantly putting that much pressure on your opponent. So shout out to Kamar Usman because he essentially validated the first win that he had against Colby Covington and he shut down all the haters and he showed us once again that uh, he he indeed deserves to be called the number one pound for pound fighter right now in the UFC. At, at least when we were talking about the active fighters in the UFC roster right now. Uh, I think Mar Usman is definitely number one right now with the consistent wins that he has all the time and just how smooth and flawless his performance is every time. So shout out to him. Great fight. And it was entertaining to watch for sure. And then talk about the co-main event of the evening. We had Rose Nama Yunus fighting off against the former champion, the former strawweight champion, Weili Zhang. So... Um, this was a very interesting fight, especially because when Zhang Weili, uh, was the champion before she, uh, the, the, the manner in which she lost her championship belt to Rose Nama Yunus, it was, everything was just, it just happened in a, in a, uh, blink of an eye. Rose Nama Yunus knocked out Zhang Weili with the high kick and... John Whaley was arguing that, okay, no, that was, I was caught off guard and I didn't really see that coming. That's just, that doesn't really show how good of a fighter I am or how prepared I was for that fight. So give me another opportunity. I want to prove myself once again. So we gave her that opportunity uh, and pretty much, um, okay, it wasn't as fast of a finish, obviously. The fight went the full distance. It was a relatively close fight. However, we saw why Rose Namajunas deserves to be called the champion because she, okay, so I don't know if this is a good comparison to make, but to me, she was like the uh, the woman uh, counterpart of Kamara Usman uh, on this UFC 268 fight card, meaning that she was just putting on her 100% um and she wasn't really holding back she was completely just just going out there trying to put a lot of pressure on Zhang Wei Li she wasn't holding back anything just she was just on the go 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 and her hard work actually paid off it was a very very interesting fight it was really good to watch but interestingly enough Zhang Wei Li has demanded another rematch which i think is going to be interesting because looking into the strawweight division right now, 
I can only well, okay, not I don't, I'm not trying to de like bring down uh, the value of all the other fighters who are currently on the strawweight roster, but to me, Sean Whaley and Rose Namajunas are the top two strongest women in this strawweight division right now. So I would personally, I would love to see another fight between these two wonderful women. Um, because they, they're both of them, actually, both of them are not scared to just go at it. If it means injuries, if it means exhaustion, if it means anything, they just want to go out there. They're not scared of anything. They're not intimidated by any aspect of the fight game. And they always put on a great performance filled with lots of technicality and just uh, pure entertainment as well. So, Yeah. I feel like uh, if the UFC is willing to promote a third fight between the two, uh, it would be a great idea, especially because the fight was given to Rose Namajunas through a split decision. So that just proves that, okay, yeah, the fight was close enough for us to potentially have a third fight in the future, but we'll see. I just feel like it's really fresh right now. Um, for now, we have enough evidence that Rose Namajunas is the GOAT. She is the greatest of all time uh, in the strawweight division. And I'm just so excited to see what the future has in store for her. All right. So I really do want to talk about uh, this other fight that, I, that was actually the first fight of the main card. A fight that I think should have moved up way up. To arguably uh, the co-main event position. This in my mind was the fight of the night. And this fight is just one of those fights that I think I'm going to think back on. And I would just say to myself, okay, I really, I'm just craving this fight again. Like I want to go back and watch it again because that's just how good it was. Um, when we talk about Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler... Uh, we're talking about absolute fireworks. We're talking about two guys who are just deep to the core. They're just brawlers. Brawlers are not scared to get bloodied up. They're not scared to get hurt. They just want to go out there. Um, they have a lot of heart. Both guys have a lot of heart. And every time... They go in to any of their fights. You're just automatically tuned in as a fan and just want to see what happens. You already know, you expect, you anticipate that something major is going to happen, whether it's a finish or whether it's just like a like a awesome performance, you know, a performance with so many highlights. And this time we had these two guys just going at it at each other. So you already know that we're in for a treat for this fight. I, I love this fight, everybody. So I if you haven't really watched this fight yet, I would highly recommend that you go back and re-watch this whole fight and watch it again and again and again because that's just how good this fight was. Um, to be honest, it reminded me of a boxing fight that I always... Uh, again, the same attitude that I have with this Chandler and Gaethje fight that I just feel like I want to go back and watch the fight again and again and again. I feel the same with this particular boxing fight. 
So I'm talking about the boxing fights between Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatti. And uh, <laughs> it was just, yeah, I'm just like, I'm lost for words because something happens, you know, deep down as a fan that when a person just puts it all out as a fighter, you just know it. You know, you see it in their eyes. You see it in the way that they fight. It gives me chills. I saw it firsthand, you know, when, uh, well, not firsthand, like I wasn't there live. But every time I watch that Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatti fight, I, I get that feeling. Every time I watch any of their three fights, I get that feeling. And I got the same feeling for the first time, I would say. And MMA, when I watched this Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler fight, in my opinion, um, there's just something so respectable when a person gets hit, but they keep on coming forward. They're just not scared to get hit more. Um, well, obviously, okay, on a side note, <laughs> it's just not good for health. No doubt about that. But when a fighter has that attitude... And they're not scared of anything, anything. That gives me chills. And that tells you something about their fighter spirit and how, how much heart they bring into their fight. It's incredible to me. And I saw it with both of these guys on Saturday night, specifically with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler... He w he had such great performance, but he was also getting hit a lot. But he wouldn't give up. <laughs> That's the thing. He would not give up. He would just keep on coming forward. And it was just beautiful to watch. It, it, was, a, it was quite reminiscent of Arturo Gatti and those uh, fights that he had against Mickey Ward. So to me now, Michael Chandler is the new... Arturo Gatti and uh, I feel like yeah even though he didn't win this fight against Justin Gaethje I feel like he is the fan favorite now especially on a side note again because uh, Michael Chandler he made uh, a transition to the UFC directly from Bellator he was the champion at Bellator and people were arguing that oh you know Michael Chandler like he didn't even have a lot of warm-up fights and he's already so high up in the rankings you know but um, I feel like with that performance, he proved to all of us that, no, he deserves to stay here. And he deserves the spot that he has secured for himself right now in the UFC. So good for him. And he is one of my top fighters right now in the UFC. And I really want to see who, he's going, he, who he is going to be fighting off against in the future. Overall, it was a great, great fight. I'm going to actually watch it later tonight if I have time because I miss watching it. I'm just craving it. Anywho, so I also want to briefly talk about the boxing fight that happened this past weekend. Canelo Alvarez was fighting against Caleb Plant. And I cannot believe that we didn't preview this fight last week. That we completely brushed it over. Uh, to be fair, I feel like there wasn't a lot of marketing that went into this fight, especially during fight week, like the week leading up to the fight. Regardless, it was actually a very interesting fight. I thought that Canelo Alvarez being the absolute great boxer that he is, I thought he was just going to maul over Caleb Plant 
for the super middleweight unification um, fight. However, the fight actually went 11 rounds. And Caleb Plant, he was 21-0 and zero in his record. And he really, he, he, he was like dancing well. Like, I don't know how to put it, but it looked like he had a good dancing partner inside the ring being Canelo. Uh, when when they were just going at it for 11 straight rounds, uh, I feel like he was uh, giving Canelo enough challenges and enough things to deal with, okay? And I was actually surprised. It was uh, very interesting to see that. But in the 11th round, I think Caleb just gassed out and Canelo... Being the absolute uh, tank that he is, he just started bombarding him with shots, and his shots are pretty darn accurate and powerful, so he got knocked out, Caleb Plant got knocked out, and now Canelo is the unified, undisputed, super middleweight champion of the world, good for him. And the question is, what's next for Canelo Alvarez? I feel like he really doesn't have any other uh, challenges in this division right now. I think he can um, contemplate going down in weight or potentially going up in weight if that's something that he's interested in. But the future is only bright and it keeps getting brighter for Canelo Alvarez. It was a good fight, though. All right. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week, everybody. Make sure that you go to cfru.ca to catch up with our previous episodes and can also go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to download our previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Jana right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Just hit-